Today's episode of Heroes of the Land, I sit down with Daron and Ilana Twaig. Seven years ago, they decided to keep Shemitah for the first time, meaning they had to give up on a one million shekel contract, and this was also only two years after they had a huge investment, over 700,000 shekels, in brand new greenhouses. But it didn't stop them, thanks to their power and determination. After Shemitah, they started a new business, selling fresh fruits and vegetables right off the field, and it became a huge success with over 1,000 customers who came every weekend to get their beautiful produce. And only a couple of years after this successful business was started, they decided once again to give it all up for Shemitah. So we sit with them today to be inspired, hear beautiful stories, and before we start, I would like to let everyone who hasn't joined yet we are having an iPhone 13 giveaway. So if you would like to join, send a WhatsApp to plus 972-557-116-220. There will be a link in the description as well. So send the WhatsApp today for a chance to win a brand new iPhone 13. And now let's get to today's episode. I'm Israel Yudkowski. You are listening to Foundations Podcast. I'm not sure where it came from. Um, I do know that I, it started out, again, as something uh, we thought was sort of like a private uh, mitzvah. I didn't think about anything much uh, larger than ourselves. Uh, for as long as I've known Doron, he works very, very hard. He works physically. He works. It's very hot in the summer. It's very cold in the winter. Um, he's up early in the morning, and he goes to sleep late at night. And and my thought was, this is a Shabbat. This is an opportunity for Shabbat, just like it says, Shabbat Shabbaton. Um we had never done it before. We always did Heter Mechira, which is uh, common in our area. That's what all of our neighbors do. That's basically what we knew. Um, so it's a hard question. I don't know where exactly what the, the, the initial motivation was really to just to have a Shabbat so that Doron could study a little bit. He's never really studied. He finished the army, started working. Um, more family time, just to, you know, rest a little bit. Um, and I, it felt like Shemitah was that was that opportunity. We do. We're very lucky that we get to do mitzvot atkiot ba'aretz on a regular basis, um, which usually surprises people because it sounds like something so ancient, and you read about it. But it, and and most people don't live as farmers in Israel, so uh, really it's it's something pretty rare. But on a regular basis, we do leket and pe'ah and shichacha and orla and Toronto masrot, and those are things that we do normally. And for some reason, shmita. Now I know the reason, but shmita sort of been uh, uh, pushed aside. It changed, um, and this was an opportunity to to revisit the idea of shmita as it was uh, first uh, given to us. Even though you said that, you know, there's had some here or different solutions or maybe, you know, to stop, you know, part of the field, but then to continue. But what, like, why, why did, you know, you always like had that push to like, no, we're going all in. Again, it's hard for me to answer specifically. Now I can tell you at least for sure about this, uh, this Shemitah. Um, I've learned a lot about it. I've read a lot about it. Um, 
Hetar Mechira, when it was when it started, I mean, it was talked about hundreds of years ago already. But when it was started in the in the 1880s during the first Aliyah to Israel, when uh, when Jews started coming back, and farming was the main livelihood. And really, I mean, there are no refrigerators, there are no freezers, there's no import. Uh, if you're not eating what's growing in your in your fields, then you could essentially not eat at all, and a real threat of starvation. Um, and there started a, a there was a big argument going on in those days in Israel. What are we going to do when Shemitah comes? Um, and the first Shemitah arrives, and, and as Jews always do, they start fighting, and the rabbis uh, uh, join in, and, um, and all different opinions. And every rabbi that you ask has something slightly different to say about Shemitah. Uh, but the main thing that was, uh, was recommended was Hetar Mechira, which is an option of selling the land to a non-Jew so that you can continue working it. Now I know that, first of all, the idea of selling the land of Israel to a non-Jew in itself is a problem, is a, is a, an Avera. Um, and it's something that, that's, you know, an uncomfortable feeling to begin with as a, as a Jew in Israel. Um, and also reading about it, and really, I mean, I'm nothing, the great Rabbeim, and, uh, that we're discussing how to, how to get through that time. Uh, one of the things I read, was Sha'at uh, Adchak, this is a time of, of uh, you know, despair, there's not enough food. Uh, one of the rabbis says that they'll do Chilul Shabbat for one Shabbat so that they'll be able to keep many Shabbatot, with the idea that that one Shabbat was going to be one Shemitah or two Shemitahs. But we here we are, you know, in 2021, Baruch Hashem, um, there's food, there are freezers, there are multivitamins, um, uh, the Arava, which is a huge part of agriculture in Israel, it isn't mechuyav uh, to do shmitaki chata. Um, I feel like there are other options, and it's time to revisit the idea of shmitaki chata because Baruch Hashem, the shat adchak is is no longer an issue. Were there any times during the first shmitah or at this time that you were like, maybe this wasn't the right there thing? There were to lots do? of hard times. I won't lie. Um, in, you can see some films and some interviews that were done with Doron at the beginning of shmitah last time. He looks, I mean, he looks clinically depressed. Um, there was never a point where we said enough. There was never a point where we said maybe it's time to stop. Uh, Baruch Hashem. Uh, I can understand farmers who reach that point and uh, and and not judge them. It really is a huge nisayon. It really is a long year. It's um it's not a day. It's not a week. It's not a month. Um, we always try to find analogies to to explain to people what it's like. I like to go to the analogy of music because I know I enjoy fiddling, you know, on the piano. So Shabbat comes around, and even though it's there's a little bit more free time on Shabbat, you can't touch the piano. And then the three weeks come along, and then for three weeks you can't listen to music, you can't touch the piano. So that, but for a year, it's something that's in your soul. It's something that's part of you, just like uh, music can be in your soul. Um, forget the livelihood. I'm just talking about the uh, coping emotionally. Um, it's really a huge nisayon. It really is very, very difficult. And there were times, especially, you know, when the neighbors are out on their tractors and they're plowing and it, the rain falls and you know it's time to sow the wheat now or, uh, you know, weeds start taking over and you know that you can't touch them. It's it's really really hard. So Baruch Hashem, we we never I don't think we reached a point. We never reached a point where we. Um, well, you're keeping shemitah again, so we're I guess keeping shemitah again. Yeah. So that's always a good sign. Last shemitah, um, we had signs everywhere. 
in all of our fields and all the greenhouses on, in, around our, our house uh, that say, Kan Shomrim Shmita. Um, and people would say, why do, you have, why do you need all these signs? So Dorona always told the, the joke about a person who quits smoking. And everywhere he goes, he says, hi, nice to meet you. My name is, and I just quit smoking. Says, Why do you keep telling everyone you quit smoking? He said, so I'll be embarrassed if, if I pick up a cigarette. Um, so the signs are all there. So you'll be embarrassed if you uh, get on the tractor or pick up uh, uh, some equipment. Um, this time, I think we have less signs, right? I think we're a little... Uh, yeah, yeah, there's some pictures. Is there some signs so the you know people who come can you know, take so a selfie with the sign? The entrance and then the one. entrance that was a you know more of a message to the people who were disappointing this year because we don't have the market, um, but less uh, the need for that a constant uh, reassurance. <laughs> were there anyone from the Mushav here that you know so after the last Shemitah and were impressed and? You know, so kind of learn and start keeping Shemitah or anyone that reached out so to you So right help. here in the Moshav, uh, not yet. I'm quite confident or, and hopeful that next time they'll be joining. Um, but in the Moshav nearby, certainly one, a very big farmer this year is, uh, is doing Shemitah Ki Chata. Um, as someone else I know in another Moshav nearby. Uh, but uh, 100% pe- people are watching us. We know, we know that we're being watched. We know we're being monitored. Uh, in general, in Israel, there are more farmers yeah. keeping Shemitah yeah, this they, time. Uh, they doubled the okay. amount last Shemitah. There are 330,000 right. uh, dunam, dunam, and then this year there's close to 700, right. Yeah. Right. which is a little over half of the of the Jewish land that right. in which is Israel, which is tremendous. Unbelievable. Um, so we know that the that locally, we're people are watching. They want to see what's going to happen. Um, and, and I'm does hopeful. That, does that put more pressure in her? Like, oh, I need to make sure to do it right? Yeah, Joron, absolutely. More... I think we'll tell you that he felt that pressure. There was kind of like you want to prove that you can do it and you can uh, wind up uh, getting back but in I'm your sure seat again. But I'm sure it gives more satisfaction at the end of the day that, you know. Yeah. I, I think so. Well, and how, how did you explain it to your kids and how did they receive it? Did they understand it or... Now, how did how did that work? Um, I don't ever remember sitting down with them to give an explanation. I remember telling them we were taught we would talk about the concept before, and they were very supportive. They they also saw their father working very hard. They wanted to have you know more time uh, with Doron. I don't think I don't remember having Mamash in depth conversations, but they definitely were supportive. And then very uh, shortly after. Uh, the Ganenet, the kindergarten teacher from my, from my little boy's class called and said there was a, they were talking in Gan and started talking about Shmirat Shabbat, Abba Sheli Shomel Shabbat, and, and Ashi got up and said, Abba Sheli Shomel Shmita. And it was a huge moment of pride for Ashi, uh, the realization that this is a big, significant thing. Um, this time, everyone, there was no question. There was never a question that, that we'd continue with it. The dilemma was what to do with the market. Um, and that was, you know, a little scary. Um, but we all felt confident in terms of our values and who we are that this was the right thing to do. And that's what Hashem said a few stories that, you know, about Nisim and different brachas you got from the Shemitah. Is there one? that you like connected the most or you feel like it gave you the most chizuk or like one story that you like really connected with the most? It's a hard question. Every story in itself is a story. Um, two sisters-in-law that had children after a few years that they didn't have children. And I think, first of all, the schut to be in a situation where people come to you and 
um, to ask for a bracha is, is I mean, you can, before you ask for a general bracha, but people really come to you with their most private and, and intimate and personal and often you know, very difficult uh, situations that they're in. Um, to be in that position is, is a, the, the, they, that maybe that you can help with something that you can do is a, is a very unique and feeling and a very big schos. Uh, First of all, I can say that our lives are, you, you can clearly see the mark of before and after Shemitah. Um, I, I can tell you now when I light my Shabbos candles, forget the fact that I get to stand there for an especially long time. Um, above my candle, first of all, I have my six candles for, you know, the whole family. In our family, it's a tradition that each child uh, has a candle. I have an extra candle that I light for everyone who's asked for a bracha that week. Um, and I have above the candles, Mizmo Todah. Just in case I didn't have an opportunity, another opportunity during the week to say it, uh, to remember how, how blessed we are in, in everything, uh, not to forget, um, cause really the, the brachot remind you that you, even if something is hard and even if something's difficult and even if something's challenged, Baruch Hashem, you don't want to trade places with anyone else, um, and be grateful. If you would have the opportunity to sit with someone who's like thinking keep Shemitah, but right now he doesn't, how would you convince them or like what would you tell them? I don't know them? if I'd be able to convince, but I'd absolutely tell them that I think they should uh, at least try. Um, I can't under, uh, undersell, under, uh, I don't even know the word. Karen Ashvit has been a huge source of, of help for us. Like Doron said, both financially and emotionally. Uh, they're always there. They're always supporting. There's a real feeling that, that they won't let us uh, uh, fall, as, the, as they say in Hebrew. Um, there's, so you feel like you're not alone. You feel like you have uh, a back. And, and obviously, I say Karen Ashvit, but Karen Ashvit is made up of the people who donate to Karen Ashvit. Um, Jews from all around uh, uh, Israel and the world. Um, it makes it clear that this is a, like Doron said, we keep Shemitah for people who can't keep Shemitah and they help support us financially because this year we're struggling financially. Um, so I try to, to, to convince whoever's debating they're not alone. They're just not alone and Am Israel is here with us. The Karen Ashviit, we're taking farmers who are keeping Shemitah to the great, to the Gdolim, to the great rabbis, um, Rab Chaim Panevsky and Rab Edelstein and Rab Zilberstein, um, Rab Zilberstein said, no, it's time, to, you have time now. Uh, and Rab Benjamin Cohen, who's the head of the Karen Ashviit, said, uh, said to them, what are you doing on Wednesday? Uh, and they set a time for a shear on Wednesday, and ever since then, uh, not only in the seventh year, but throughout all of the the rest of the six years, every Wednesday, Rabbi Cohen comes and they sit and they study and learn together. Um, even through COVID, there were a few weeks that was a little more challenging, but uh, still study. He's coming back from uh, London on Wednesday. He already texted that they have a shear on time. Um, so that was a significant change in our life. Darren mentioned before that, you know, the second Shemitah was a little harder because like you you know how hard it's going to be. But now the second Shemitah comes, do you feel that it was ready? It was like, oh yeah, you know, this this is what we're doing. No, I felt like it was, this is what we're doing. It's like, um, 
like Shabbos. <laughs> I think it might be a little easier even this time, almost looking forward to it, to, you know, trying to make plans of what we can do, what we can do differently. Um, things that get neglected during the year when Doron is so busy in the fields, things with the family. Our son has a bar mitzvah, Bezrat Hashem and Adar, so this is an opportunity um, to invest more time, you know, uh, with him. As, you know, to do all kinds of uh, special things during this year. Uh, so, yeah, just to see, try to, to look at the positive and the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always, everybody really, you know, wants that time just to, you know, everybody has all their, you know, the bucket list, things they yes, want to do exactly. and get to what they just never have time to. Exactly. But, but there's a reason they never get time to, but, if, you know, there's something first. I think everyone that's... needs a Shabbaton, needs a sabbatical. Um, college Shemitah. But just to finish off, is there something you think that you and your family gained from Shemitah that someone who doesn't keep Shemitah like won't be able to, you know, experience that? Wow, that's a difficult question. Um, I think again, I keep going back to Shabbat, but it reminds me so much of Shabbat. Even preparing for it, you know how we, if it's a, it doesn't matter if it's daylight savings time or not, you're always uh, getting ready to the last. For the, to the last minute. So on Monday, Erev Rosh Hashanah, Doron was still in the tractor trying to get as much done as possible to get that in before uh, Shemitah started. Uh, just that um, that feeling, that the feeling of, uh, of calm, the feeling, of, the word Shemitah literally means letting go, dropping. Um, you've dropped it and sort of a... So I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's sort of similar to that. I wish everyone could experience it. It's been quite a journey over the past few months at Karen Hashvis. With Shemitah on the horizon, we span the land of Israel, reaching out to hundreds of farmers, urging them to commit themselves to leave their fields. With the promise of support, thousands of farmers pledge to lay down their tools and submit themselves to a higher calling. At the same time, fundraising efforts were launched across the globe for a call to partner with the heroic farmers. Chloe's role answered the call and came through like never before. And then, in the twilight hours of the new year, farmers on 363 settlements walked away from their fields. They did the impossible. They abandoned their land and gave up their livelihood. We reached a historic milestone. For the first time in almost 2,000 years, 51% of privately owned Jewish agricultural land is lying fallow. The achievement is unprecedented, but we're far from done. We raised enough for the farmers to commit, but it's not enough to get them through the full year. If we don't continually support the farmers, some may buckle under the burden. The sacrifice may become too large, too heavy, and they may not be able to pull through. The farmers still need our support. We gave them our word. We won't let them down.